I have chickens. You can't do with chickens. You go to pet them, they run away. You go to grab them, they scream. Like, there's nothing. Like, they like, give me love. AOA, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kim Way. Yeah. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Look. Clock in, you can catch the hype. Golden Dawn, how we follow the light. Anime like life. Uh, married to my wife. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with my boys, Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And Gavin. You don't deserve an intro from Lord Happen. I'm just kidding. What's going on? <laughs> and today we are here to talk about our initial impressions on the movie called Nausicaa mm. of the Valley of the Wind. So, little background here. It's a 1984 Japanese animated epic science fantasy adventure film adapted and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, the goat, um, based on his 1982 manga of the same name. It was animated by Topcraft and distributed by Toei Company. Uh, mm -hmm. Joe uh, His, uh, Hisashi uh, was, in his first collaboration with Miyazaki, composed the film score, which I thought was really cool to give credit there as well because I thought the soundtrack was pretty good. Uh, starred a lot of popular voice actors for the time. Uh, taking place in a future post-apocalyptic world, the film tells the story of Nausicaa, the young princess of the Valley of the Wind. She becomes embroiled in a struggle with Tolmikia, a kingdom that tries to use an ancient weapon to eradicate a jungle full of mutant giant insects. So that is kind of the um, the premise in the background. It's released in Japan in March. Um, heavily edited versions then came out, and there was actually a redubbing. If you do watch this in a dub version, they initially had their OG one, and then they redubbed it in 2005 as well, which is actually the way I watched this mm -hmm. one, um, and how I've watched a couple of these Ghibli ones now um, is dubbed, because I'll be completely honest, now that we've watched, well, this isn't technically Ghibli, that was actually the other fact that I wanted to give as well, I'll, I'll, uh, go through it, so it was made before Studio Ghibli was founded, but it's often considered a Ghibli work, and was, in, uh, released as part of the Studio Ghibli collection DVD and Blu-ray range, um, the film received uh, critical acclaim, praising the story, themes, characters, and animation, and is frequently ranked as one of the greatest anime films ever made, which is a big title. Um, but again, not technically Ghibli, but kind of technically Ghibli, <laughs> right? So my point is when I watch some of these uh, Ghibli films now that we've watched, so many of them, and they're from, you know, sometimes we'll watch ones that are brand new, and then we'll watch ones that are 20-something years old. This one has, you know, been out longer than I've been alive on this earth mm -hmm. um, by over 10 years. So uh, there are, generally speaking, some similar themes and plots and, and story progressions and even protagonists, the animation style, you know the drill. It's kind of the same thing. Um, so I've kind of opted to watch some of them in dub now that I could you know, have it up. And if I am in the middle of doing something else, I, I could get, you know, the gist of what's going on for sure. Um, but my point in saying that is that the dub for this one was, was good. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think the dub for this one and some of these other Ghibli films that they really put a lot of, um, you know, vested interest in come out to be good. So if dubs your thing, you could definitely watch it in dubbed. Um, I have to say right off the rip. I, I mean, I know we've said this a thousand times, but I love how Mayo Hiyazaki is able to make, Miyazaki rather, is able to make like the perfect female protagonist. I don't know if anyone agrees with that statement, um, but like 
I feel like a vast majority of his film's protagonists are young females for the most part, and they're just so damn likable. Like, I always, and I mean, it follows a similar formula, obviously, as we see, but this one is kind of the predecessor to some of the other ones that we watched, and I have to say that, you know, Nausicaa herself obviously was incredibly likable to me, and I think that is what kind of separated, or if there is a way to separate it, that can be a determining factor again when like the plot points are pretty similar, but like there's a, there's a different setting, right? And there's a different um, story, but it's like a lot of things line up. You kind of, you kind of got to nitpick for things that are like, okay, what makes this film better than any other Ghibli or Miyazaki film that I've seen? And uh, I personally liked her a lot mm-hmm. as a character. It was hard not to, but that was one of my things. I got to say personally, dude, though, balls of steel because um if we lived in a world where insects were the size of buildings like that i don't know if i could manage dude <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if i can manage i think i might be there with them being like we get this warrior thing up and running again because like this giant organic killer robot thing i probably fear less than the giant fucking centipede looking thing that's just like crawling through the woods dude fuck that it's like a million legs not my thing at least the warriors were like humanoid looking so it was like yeah, you say that until he comes in a full form yeah, yeah, not yeah, fucking half baked like he was when he came out that last time dude yeah dude i don't know so anyway first impressions of the film what do we think I mean, I thought it was dope. Um, like you said, with the female characters, Miyazaki's kind of known for that. Like, mm-hmm. that's always been, like, his shtick, you know, is, like, making very strong female protagonists, which is refreshing because, especially nowadays, like, that's the resurgence, you know, is, like, a lot of, like, directors and producers and, like, Hollywood, they have this whole debate on, like, do females really get the spotlight in, like, certain movies and stuff like that and how do we incorporate them and stuff of that nature. And it's cool when you look back and it's, like, Dude, they've been on this game for a while, you know, because this when was this movie made? Fucking 1984, you know, it's like it's really nice to see that there are, you know, production studios and, you know, Miyazaki himself who have put girls on the forefront or women on the forefront, you know, making them strong protagonist characters and not really like although you can say they're cliche in a sense where they there there are a lot of similarities between a lot of their works and how they're written in their mindsets. But like even then, it's still nice to see that they are put on the forefront and they are put on that pedestal and it does make you appreciate them more because we notice it, especially, you know, with a lot of animes that sometimes lack like female actual development in characters, i.e. Naruto and Sakura. Sorry, as I am throwing that out there because fucking like you can just tell when a director doesn't really know how to handle a character. And in Naruto's sake, he has said that like, I really don't like write female characters, but it's like, it's nice when you can see it done properly and correctly and in a way that you want to back them and honestly not even have to think about it. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, that's a girl. I can't relate to it. Like, it's fully relatable. You're totally on that side. And you're just like, all right, we're dying. Like, we're killing these insects together. And, like, it is. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's the total opposite of what she wants to do. But go on. I'm just kidding. No, no you know what I mean. I'm throwing, it, I'm throwing it out of context. You're like, we need there. to save them. Yeah. Right. Kill yeah, them. Kill what are them. We killing? Yeah, we're killing them. <laughs> no, 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 no. We need to save them. Okay. I have the flamethrower nausea. Just tell me where to point. <laughs> Shoot. No, 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 no. Don't do that. I'm fucking killing them. I don't care. But, but it's great that I said that because it actually correlates to the um, other male character that kind of came through. Uh, was uh, Aspel, it? or what was his name? Uh, oh, the young boy. The young or the, boy. Oh, okay. Uh, name evades me at the moment. I'm uh, not gonna lie. Yeah, it is Asbel. So, oh, okay. it's nice because, like, with what I said, it kind of alludes to what most younger guys would probably say in that regard. Where it's like, all right, when we killing these bitches, you know? And it's like they keep that mindset forward with many of the characters, and even that other female 
antagonist, if you even want to call her that, in yeah. the long run, where it's like they have that catch-22 parallel of, like, two different mindsets that it doesn't matter if you're male or female can have. Sure. And that it can really clash ideology-wise when it comes to what do we do and what is the correct thing to do and is there a correct thing to do, which we find out later what that is. But, like, when you're in that world and going through the problems that they are, like you said, hell, I'd be down to fucking get a flamethrower or whatever and start nuking these bitches, like... It's just what seems logical in that scenario until it comes to the forefront that there are other ways through peace. And quite literally, she almost, or Nausicaa had to almost kill herself, like, to make people understand that there are other ways to going about the world, and especially when it comes to nature versus humans and things like that. So it was really cool. I liked the depiction that they took of that mindset and how they applied it to this world and not gonna lie dude i was really digging that like sci-fi theme like element that they had where it's mm. like oh at noon the fucking spores come out and it's like they're lethal and stuff like that like when they opened the movie and in like the first seven minutes that was like instilled to the audience i was like bro i don't know about you but i would be sitting in a corner of my room like crying every <laughs> afternoon like i ain't, i ain't even trying to go out there but it's really awesome and yeah i was about it cool was about it what'd you think um i really liked it too it was a good movie um yeah. I am 100% burned out on these fucking Ghibli movies, though, <laughs> if I'm being 100. Um, I definitely think there's a detriment to how we've watched these films and, like, how my opinion on them has altered because of that, like, just being hit by so many of them back-to-back. Because -back. Um, I feel like if I watched this movie, like, like, today, but this had been the first Ghibli movie I had seen, like, in the last two or three years... I'd have been like, wow, this was like a really good fucking movie. And I but I did find myself like watching this movie, like turning to the side to like do other shit while it's going on. Cause like it, like because Miyazaki has a blueprint, right? You know like where the story's going. These movies mm -hmm. have a very specific formula. Um, you know, some might even call it a little cliche. Um, where just like I knew I you know, I was like, okay, I know what's happening here. And I just I just I wasn't as invested as I feel like I would have been or could have been had because they're like they're so he they're they're just they're so I don't want to say like the same because they're like different movies you know what I mean but like mm -hmm. you know what like you know what you're getting in for when you sit down for a Ghibli movie or when you sit down for a Miyazaki film um and like that's what it was and it was good but I was just I found myself so much more disengaged just by the fact that I'm like all right I know what's gonna happen all right I know what's going on here and it like it just I don't know it took me it took me out of it because I've just been so I guess, like, jaded by the constant, you know, reinforcement of, like, the same kind of movie. Mm -hmm. um, again, not that it's bad in any uh, way, shape, or form, but just I was, like, I literally got, like, 20 minutes of the movie, and I'm, like, I have seen too many of this nigga's fucking movie, bro. <laughs> like, too many, like, in, in such a short time that I'm, yeah. like, I'm done. I'm just, <laughs> I can't get into, like, you know, the, one of the, it's funny, because one of the things that I uh, um, raved about Miyazaki when, like, I first saw his movies, I think uh, Spirit Away and... Um, Princess Mononoke I think are the first two movies of his that I ever saw um, and I loved like the fact that like his movies would come on and like in at least for me within like five minutes I'm like alright we're in this world like you know what I mean I'm here mm -hmm. he's got this very you know uh, concrete idea of how he likes to lay foundations for story and like the lore and characters and all that stuff and it's very specific to him right so you go into this his world any world he makes and you're like oh shit this is a Ghibli world like this is you know what I mean um, but after seeing like 10 of them back to back, it's like, 
I, I get it. I'm like, I'm, I just, I want to go do something else. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fair. It definitely, it's, it's, it's just, it's a shame in a sense, right? It's this weird double-edged sword with what it is that we do. Right. Because it's like, we've said it, you know, on the, on the show a million times that in so far as creating an anime show or a show that centralizes around anime, it's been, it's made anime, I don't want to use the wrong terminology on this because I don't want to make it sound like anime is unenjoyable because otherwise we wouldn't be doing this. Well, but I think it's, it's it's totally like our fault. Like we probably could have picked a better way to like review or space these movies out. In yeah, the to run. be honest though, it would take, if, if we're talking a Ghibli film, it would take like for me to not have that feeling a very long time. You know what I mean? Like I guess my point is, is that there is, there's, there's like a certain compromise that you have to make um, when we do something like this where it's like, okay, we need to catch up with the show by this point, right? So we have to do it like expedited or like, you know, we're going to cover this show or like make sure, you know, we have to read this manga, but we got to do it by the end of the week, right? So we could do this and like, there's definitely kind of like a, a limiter on, on, you know, things you could do. So it definitely makes you watch it in, in a more expedited version, right? You can't really sit back and, you know, for the most part, and at least in my life and like lounge on the couch, crack open a bag of chips and be like, all right, I'm going to watch this anime. Cause like, I felt like it, you know, like I can do that, you know, but it's like very few and far between. And I don't have a problem with that. Like, I love what it is that we do and I wouldn't trade it for the world hundred percent on that. Um, but I guess my, my point in saying all this is that it happens at times where if we're doing something like a weekly movie review that, you know, of the top 50 films ever rated, a lot of those are Ghibli films. And, um, so it's going to happen that we watch a good amount of Ghibli films. Um, which means that we're going to run into, you know, a similar issue with that. Um, I think though that we're, I think we're getting there in terms of like how many are left. I want to say there's only like one or two out of the next, I don't know. 20 that uh, we have at least that we have on the list yeah i, mean, I think my, so. my whole thing is it isn't as much as when i need to watch it and not feeling i think it just comes down to when these movies are actually released and it's kind of the pros and cons of living in our day and age where we have so much access to anime that it sucks when you go back to look at older stuff because you weren't able to catch it at the time it was initially released where at that point you know every movie is coming out how many x years it's not every day we can just click and it's like what's the next ghibli movie it's mm -hmm. not you got to fucking wait two three years until that next one comes out and at that point there's a natural break in time to when that emotional beat can be hit because you're waiting that unless you're fucking binging every one of his movies every day which is hard enough to do like sure. There, there's going to be a natural time extent that it's going to take. So when you reach our point, when you do have everything accessible for you and you watch it so fast and so consecutively, especially like what we try to do, it's you just notice the patterns a lot. They're, the patterns are a lot more oblivious to us. Or not oblivious, but like... Oblivious! I, I can't even fucking speak right now. But like you're able to pick onto the patterns because you're watching it every fucking week. So you're like, I already know this is going to happen. I already know that... Like you know the beats because it's very obvious. But it's not really like... Going. It's not like the movies... I guess it's not the fa I guess when it's not the fact that we're watching movies so frequently. It's the fact that I've seen specifically Ghibli movies. Which, right? It's not yeah. like because we watching. You know, that's part of what we're doing yeah. here too. But like, we could watch two very completely different movies mm -hmm. one week and next week, right? And that's one thing. Yeah. But I guess my thing is like watching so many of his movies specifically, his blueprints and his patterns mm -hmm. and his things become 
all the more transparent to me, the like the every next film of his that I watch. And so like disengages me a little bit less because I haven't had time to be away from his style, per, yeah. you know, since the last, you know, since last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I was talking about. I was saying there, we don't have that natural length and time of a break that it would entail when it's actually released because we can just tune in and watch it theoretically whenever we want, and we have been. That's like kind of what I'm getting at is we've been watching this like we've been watching him like for the past two months, or probably like thirty of his fucking movies, and that's the thing <laughs> where it's like 30? we we really have been picking up on him, and you can see it. And until you have that natural break, it's you're going to be able to notice it. However, for me, it doesn't hit as bad. Like I watched it and I was perfectly fine with it. Like, I don't know if I'm not burnt out of watching his movies enough yet, but for me, I'm fine. But I'm also like that with most stuff, unless it's really glaring. But yeah, no, I was about it. I was like fucking seven in the morning. Like, let's fucking go like half naked about to fight some (laughs) insects, dude. Like I was about it. You would have lost. (laughs) No, 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 no. Are you kidding me, dude? I got an arsenal down here. I've been out there fucking bow and arrow, like having the arrows in my booty cheeks, fucking like lighting (laughs) on fire, dude, like Cupid. Oh, man. I don't think you know who Cupid is. Although I can see you cosplaying as a Cupid. (laughs) <laughs> now my only fans will get a sneak peek yep. smile. It's the sneak peek. Oh man. But back to the movie, specifically this film. Yeah. Um I do feel like, you know, if we wanted to talk about some of the things that it does highlight, um there are some interesting things. Um number 1, man versus nature in a sense and um you know, just kind of their eternal struggle for you know, for power, really. Um, you know, and doing it itself. And, mm-hmm. and it was, and it was tough because I'm not going to lie until, okay, maybe this is biased because those insects look really gross. And like, I was low key kind of freaked out by them, which might enhance the opinion a little bit, <laughs> at least at the beginning of the film. I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad, but, um, I, I saw the point. I saw the argument in the beginning not that I agreed with it per se, and mm-hmm. I already knew where the movie was going, so I knew that wasn't going to be the right choice. So my vision was skewed. But uh, let me just put it this way. If I was a person living in this world without any other context of the outside world or where we live or anything like that, I could see the argument that some people were making for you know, reviving said warrior mm-hmm. in order to wipe out you know, said, said insects, right. And said forest as well. Now watching this from the outside, obviously that's the wrong decision, which is made pretty abundantly clear, um, by some of the characters and, you know, all that kind of thing. And like the world that we, we now have a outside view of. Um, but in it, I think it, I think it raised a interesting, um, an interesting moral dilemma, Mm -hmm. but I think at the end of the day, without going too far into that, it's people I was watching a review on this and I can't remember who it was by, but it was like, you know, people like nausea are like in such short supply, but are so needed. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of relation to nowadays the time of recording, you know, God knows when this will be released, but we are still in the midst of the coronavirus as well. And they were going over some of the, you know, the things with that and how it relates. And I thought it was interesting how it paralleled to some of the things in our world. But my point in saying all this is that nausea was someone interesting because instead instead of trying to assert control in some way, shape or form, um, being that she had the most right to do so in being, you know, in her, uh, nation being that she was the princess, uh, she chooses the way of self-sacrifice and, you know, um, selflessness. And I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. It made her that much more likable. 
um, you know, that she goes that route. And I mean, it seems like it's blatantly obvious, but it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it doesn't have to be blatantly obvious. If any of us were put in that same situation, like the tables might be definitely turned, but it, it's not until in like midway through the film that I, I really get to see her, her point because mm-hmm. it's when she, when, um, the Lord goes into her garden and she realizes that, or she, uh, tells him that the poison isn't coming from, um, I think it was like the trees or whatever. It's coming from the soil, if I'm not mistaken. And it was te- right. Am I wrong? Yeah, it was, it was that the, the, um, the na- like nature that is growing out from the soil, the soil is what makes it poisonous. It. So as they're growing in that soil, it's poison. However, if it's cleansed from the water from underneath said earth in yeah. that weird, like knoll area that it, that's pure water. And when mm. you, mix that with soil that is also underneath the plants grow and they're not poisonous. That's it. Yeah. 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 Which was interesting. Cause it's kind of like the warriors that kind of brought on that calamity in like a second handed mm-hmm. way to begin yeah. with. Right. So it's like, you know, that's the thing is like, instead of trying to force your will upon nature and everything like that, like taking a second to understand it and why certain things happen and how kind of like that cycle of life works, you know, um, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. He was bringing some cool stuff up in the interview where it was like, you know, how certain animals are like incredibly relevant to the growth of trees. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. wolves have a direct correlation because they like, you know, file down the population of certain um, deer or whatever that basically drops something that like inhibits trees from growing or whatever, you know, or stops them from growing rather. So I don't know. I thought it was pretty wild how it was like, if there's any takeaway from this one that maybe isn't so abundantly clear in some of the other Ghibli films because they have different plots, you know, and different worlds that they're in, that um, this one in particular took that, you know, I took that lesson away from it, if that makes sense. <laughs> Gavin, favorite character, go. Oh, mine is the fucking fox, dude. I I stand that. I, wait, what was his name? Te- te- tetro? Tetro, I think. The little it's te- guy? Oh, Teto. Yeah, Teto, yeah. Tito, Teto, Tito. That doesn't sound right. But either way, that little <laughs> fox, man. Oh, my God. When, when she fucking woke, when she was about to wake up, um, when the ohms were like surrounding her and that little fox kind of just ran around and like rubbed his little face on her cheek. My heart melted. I was like, dude, why can I have this affection from an animal? I have fucking chickens. You can't do shit with chickens. You go to pet them, they run away. You go to grab them, they scream. Like there's nothing like they like, give me love. Oh, depressing. I mean, you dude. do have them locked up in your backyard. <laughs> Let me love No, you. True. I'll lock in my room instead. I'll be forced to like me. Love no, me. Love me. Pe- uh, no, but, oh. Hello, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. So, Teto, number one. Number two were the ohms. They, oh. they, they grew me. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, the inside. I don't know. I was yeah. all about They like, were. All the yeah, they, shit, yeah like, they had. They, they kind of had this weirdly, like. I so, saw them and I thought they were cute. So I was ugly. Like, they're cute dope. allure thing by the end of it. You know, yeah, at the beginning no, it was, was like, oh, dear. But then, like, once you, like, once it started to get into the film. And you know what it is? Once you started to obviously understand them, right? And it's like fear is just kind of an emotion that's brought on by ignorance a lot of times. It's like once you understood what it was they were doing and that they didn't have to be harmful and all that kind of thing, you know, it was like it made them that much more. I don't know. I think I'm running the ignorance is bliss card because when she (laughs) walked in there and she like saw the carcass, I was like, yo, that thing is sweet. I like it. And then she like took the eyeball out. I was like, dude, this is awesome. I would do exactly what she is and just fucking lay there in the snow and look up dude i was like these things are amazing when i saw the first one angry i was like no bitch your eyes better change and you better be cool because i like you and <laughs> okay sure enough that's gavin to start you know what character i liked a lot personally was lord yupa oh, uh, oh. the grandfather oh, a yeah. lot i th- i liked him a lot because it was like he completely understood that he did not have 
a lot of the same qualities as Nausicaa did mm-hmm. in that sense, but was still doing his best to foster the good qualities within her and trying mm-hmm. to learn something from her at all times, which yeah. I thought was interesting being that he was her elder by mm-hmm. a significant amount of years, right? And it's so easy for you to be like, listen, kid, you're ignorant, you're naive, you don't understand how the world works, let me tell you, you know? But it was like, it was cool because I feel like he was a huge support beam for her within this movie when she needs to confide in him some of her deepest sorrows and all that kind of thing that he was there for her and he was willing to take a seat and understand and and put put himself in the mindset that like, no matter who you're talking to, they might know something that you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, I thought that was really respectable and cool from that character. I don't know. I liked him a lot. Anyway, um, let's get into some concluding thoughts, what we would rate it and if we would recommend it to the average anime watcher or not anime watcher. Isaiah, what do you got? Um, I It was a good, great movie. Um, I definitely would recommend it. Um, again, wouldn't recommend watching it at the pace that we've watched these movies because I think you definitely get more appreciation out of this stuff if you see it, uh, you know apart from any, like, from Ghibli, Ghibli's movies, um, unless you're just, like, a diehard, like, you know, super mega Ghibli fan. Um, yeah, I, I don't really, like, I don't know. It's weird because it's, like, again, I have no bad notes for it, but, like, I don't, it's because, like, the movies don't do anything new for me that, like, I don't really have anything to add that, like, I couldn't, that I haven't already said, or, to be honest, one of you hasn't already said. Um, I would probably give it solid 6 out of 10. Fair enough. Gavin, what do you got? All right, so closing thought. I could be talking straight out of my cheeks right here, but I'm pretty sure that on her shirt when she turned into the and she, when she had that blue like dress, that on it was actually a symbol. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it looked almost like something flying. And I took it as a reference from the God and the Children Who Chase Lost Voices. If you remember that, you know how when he opened up and the eyeballs were all over him oh. in that span. I actually think that the shirt that she was wearing in this film was almost like a foreshadow to that God because it looked very similar, like uncanny. And I don't know if it was like a correlation or not, but in my eyes, I'm like, it's got to be. It's just, oh, you like, mean like referencing the same God mm-hmm. in that movie? Yeah, oh. yeah. I actually think that it was because I saw it and I was like, this looks familiar. And I actually, before we started recording, I looked it up and I had to like get a look, like a picture of that God from it. It looked pretty fucking similar. So I think they got a little something going there. They're stringing it along. So if that's true, I think that's dope. But either way, I'd give it probably a solid 7 out of 10. Um, I fucked with it a lot. I thought the whole world that they built was cool. I really liked the sci-fi theme and just the different um, elements of nature and, like, different animals that flew around and how, like, they impacted the world in certain ways and really had a different dynamic on in terms of, like, you know, the natural world in a sense being underground or underneath the poison and toxic world. And, you know, like, just, I don't know. That was just cool. I was gushing over it. So I'd give it 7 out of 10. Yeah, fair enough. I, uh, I would probably mirror that. I would also give it a 7 out of 10. I think the film is very good, and I do agree with Isaiah, though, that being that, maybe not to the extent for me personally, but watching you know the amount of Ghibli films specifically and Miyazaki films specifically that we have in such a short period of time, it definitely skewed my biases a little bit um, and my opinion of it. So it wasn't that I, was, I wasn't completely and fully engaged, engaged like I could be, and maybe I would give this movie a higher rating if I was. But I think 7 is still very fair for what I did get out of it, and I do think it was one of the better films um, I from him. I, I, I do, do like this one quite a bit. Uh, I think there's a lot of lessons to pull from it. And I was actually, it's funny, I was just watching um, 
the other the other night I was I was at uh I was at my girlfriend's house or something. They they've Disney Plus and mm-hmm. they were just you know they were they threw on uh she threw on something it was like uh, Hercules or something like that in the background right like Disney film or whatever for nostalgia kicks, and it was funny because I was like I was noticing not that I was fully invested but I was like all right you know what first of all now that I'm older like this is a good film I like the, I like this film like this is a good one but at the same time I had just come off the cuff from watching you know mm-hmm. Nausicaa, and it's interesting how. I felt personally like how more much more geared toward a little bit more mature audiences that the um you know Miyazaki's films mm-hmm. and Ghibli films can be. That doesn't mean all of them are like that, but I think like their themes are very interesting because they put them forward in like a little more of a um of a of a blunt way rather than like more of a subtle one um and it's like i don't know i think there's a lot that can be pulled from that but that was just some weird random thought well, that, that it makes sense in my not head. to run it a little bit more but i mean they're it's it's all cultural because yeah, yeah. if i'm not if i'm not i'm not gonna lie here like japanese people and even like just any asian cultures they tend to have to grow up a lot faster than mm. people of you know who live in america or our culture like we tend to be coddled in a sense not everybody some people do have to grow up fast but i've just noticed it from friends that i've had that moved here and things like that like from a very young age they have a lot of pressure put on them and it's like yo you're 12 you need to grow up or like if you don't score 100 on your test you're gonna be a farmer for the rest of your yeah, life yeah. like you know and that's a legitimate mindset that they have and like I've had friends who moved here that are literal geniuses and they're like, yeah, I was stupid in my culture. And like, I literally would be a farmer if I didn't move here. And I'm just like, that's big shit. Like, that's why their family moved here. And it's like, that's a direct response. I feel like to when we watch a lot of these shows and a lot of the characters are younger, but they have some of these like almost like zany, unhuman like powers in a sense. It's really to like drive home like, yo, you guys need to work harder and kind of like start to grow up because there's a bigger picture that includes your family in the end of it where it's like, where our culture tends to be more laxed in terms of like, you know, growing up and stuff like that. Obviously times are changing and, you know, cultural differences kind of mesh eventually, or at least I don't know. I don't fucking, I'm talking my out of my ass at this point, but like, I feel there's something to say about just cultural like differences. No, that makes there. sense. Yeah. And I um, think the, the underlying point, I guess, in, in me saying that um, is that it allows for a deep appreciation for these films, no matter what age you watch it, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, like I go into this film and like, I kind of, you know, I I kind of already see how the whole thing plays out because I understand that at the end of the day, the film is more towards, you know, tended towards children. Um, you know, so there is an air of predictability there, but I, I feel like the road to get there mm-hmm. um, is a little, I could be a little more invested in it at an older age. Yeah. Um, you know, like a lot of times if I'm watching like some Disney films and stuff, like there are definitely ones out there that, that mm-hmm. can mimic that um, and, you know, intended for more mature audiences or whatever. Um, but it's most of the time it's more of like a nostalgic kick. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like reliving that childhood thing, mm-hmm. um, which can be said for some of these Ghibli yeah. films as well. But I feel like if I'm a new watcher going into it, mm-hmm. you know, I can pull, we can have a conversation about this and it doesn't have to be like, okay, well, it was just, just straight up childish, you know, yeah. um, all the time. So I don't know, just kind of a random thought that pops It's kind of nice though. though, you know, oh, like yeah. at the end of the day, it, I think it, it, to me, it feels like, you know back to like the cultural thing like it just feels like i guess the way that japanese people grow up like kids through aspects of media or or you know education are like treated with a little bit more respect about the world because they have to engage with it at such a younger age which like sucks and in of itself because you know what i mean a child having to sort of adjust to that mindset quicker 
uh, means that they sort of have to like lose the childhood, you know, sense of, of themselves that, you know, in whatever stage of their life they're in. Um, but I think we're here on the West, like way too far on the opposite end where movies tend to like coddle and like, you know, treat kids like they're idiots, right? Where it's like, oh, look at these funny characters and these goofy things. And like, that's typically what your older Disney movies, at least that's the style that they work at with like, again, Miyazaki, at least I feel like the films, no matter how, uh, basic, let's just say the message is like the message treats all viewers with the same amount of respect. Like it doesn't dawdle things or sugarcoat things down for kids. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, but adults, like here's this real, it's like, no, this is the world. This is the message. I don't care what age you are. Like, yeah, it, it's good and bad. Cause I mean, like realistically, if you're a kid, like with that mindset, it wouldn't be the best. Cause you're like, nah, dude, fuck that. Let me be a kid for a little bit. You know, it's, I feel like it's more expectation, like not really respect because I mean, realistically, they don't have more respect in their culture. Like yeah. kind of like with, it's kind of apparent, like, especially with the, how they hold their uh, elders on such a higher stature. But I just feel like at a younger age, they have more expectation to be more mature and have that, like backbone to make these Well, I guess decisions. what I'm saying is they could still enforce the same rule on children with that culture, but lie to them about the world. And they don't. Like, at least there's this, like, for me, there's this idea of, like, hey, if you're going to the world, like, this is what it's like. Which, like, to me is a little bit better than, like, hey, you can do whatever you want, and, like, life will always be happy. And then you hit, like, 21, and it's like, actually, life is, like, you got to kind of, like, do everything yourself. Like, good luck. Yeah, I, th I think it depends on the show and just how they portray it. I don't know. It's just... It's one of those things where in, like, a movie-making side, yes, I can see it, but, like, also from, like, a cultural side growing up, I could see how it could be overbearing for children and have the opposite effect where it adds more pressure on them. Yeah, I sense, think, you know, um, it's it's weird. There's there's extremes to both sides, but it's kind of like finding that happy middle. Yeah, I think, I don't I don't know necessarily, well, you know, I'm not part of the, I'm not part of the culture, so mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I'm speaking from ignorance right now, but just from what my common knowledge would lead me to assume is that the some of the Ghibli films may be a little bit um, deeper, um, you know, like oh, I kind of said before, yeah. um, over, you know, take your average older Disney film um, in that, which is great for a lot of the reasons that we've mm -hmm. described. I get, it might be a little bit tougher for some kids to understand, you know, the 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 full, me like not necessarily the message per se, but like understand what the is going on you yeah. know what i mean to be honest with you like on that sense um you know which is like you know it depends on the on the kid or it depends on the person mm -hmm. um but i'm you know i guess i'm just saying at the end of the day it's nice being that i am now 25 um and we are doing this show it's like when we watch these things it's not like you're like okay go watch the next like you know 1980s disney film and like, let's have an in-depth discussion about it. Not that we couldn't; we certainly could. There are definitely mm -hmm. layers that you could pull back and, um, you know, derive messages from those. But it, I feel like it's a little bit tougher. You know what I mean? To mm -hmm. to kind of pick the the meat off the bone there, because there's really not much meat to pick. Um, yeah. Whereas like some of these Ghibli films and stuff like that, we are fortunate mm -hmm. in the sense that you know we have we can develop a little more of a deep-founded conversation with a film that inherently is intended for more. Um, you know, younger audiences, you know, I think that's a nice playoff, you mm -hmm. know, that we get. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's my, that's my rant. Uh, I would definitely recommend that you watch it by mm -hmm. the way, <laughs> if you were wondering what my recommendation was, I definitely think you should. I think it's a good movie in general for the reasons I've stated. I think that you can watch it, um, when you're older and still get a lot of the same messages from it and appreciate it. I feel like children also can, you know, oh, as well. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's a good film, and it was one of my um, one of my more liked ones from uh, Miyazaki himself. Especially mm-hmm. if you haven't seen a Ghibli film in a while, like Isaiah was saying, it'll probably hit that much. Well, better. it's not a Ghibli film. I'm just fucking with you. Sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm just waiting for someone in the comments. Saying, like, yeah, right. uh, Miyazaki film that yeah. is Miyazaki film. But anyway, folks, those are our thoughts on the movie Nausicaa. Let us know what you thought about the movie as well. But until next time, we will catch you later. Peace. Later. Peace. Screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though. Who likes seeing parts fly?